Welcome to the Catch the Fire Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us, and we hope you're encouraged by this message. All right, all right. Good morning. Good morning. It's a good day. As Day said, it's under 90 degrees. Praise the Lord. God is good. As a northerner, any northerners in the room? As a northerner, I'm like, praise the Lord Almighty. He is good when it starts to cool down a little bit. So this 95 and 100, whatever it is with humility, it just ain't it. It ain't it. But I love you, North Carolina. It's my favorite place in America. So we put up with it. Well, we want to take a moment. Jess said it so aptly last week, and Duncan had a great message. We want to take a moment and pray and bless our finances. So I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to take hold of an object of your faith. If you give through maybe your phone, through online giving, maybe through your wallet, through whatever it is, hold that thing that is just the object of your faith. And we're going to pray. How many want to prosper and and receive all that the Lord has for you? So all we're going to do is we're going to tap into what God already wants to pour out. And we're going to pray that the Lord would richly bless us. Amen. It is a joy to give. How many believe that? How many are still working it out sometimes? That's okay too. I remember I was a poor student at Bethel. I could barely afford my tuition. I had 20 bucks in my pocket and we had this little opportunity to give and the spirit of the Lord came upon me as an 18 year old young adult man. And I all of a sudden experienced this Holy Spirit given. It wasn't me. I didn't produce it, but this fruit of joy all of a sudden to run up with my 20 bucks and cast in the offering. So let it be a joy. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for our faith Lord, that you are our provider, our provider, and our faith is not in man, it is not in a job, it is not in businesses, it is not in a boss, those come and go, our faith is in you, Jesus. You are the one thing that remains, Lord, and for those that call Catch the Fire, their local house, their church, and and those who maybe even don't yet, Lord, we just ask that you would richly bless them today, Lord, that you would respond to their faith with your provision, in the mighty name of Jesus, stretch your hands to somebody beside you, and just say, Lord, would you richly bless them with all that you have for them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Woo. All right. All right. We are diving in today. We're going to be in first Corinthians chapter three, and we're kicking off a new a new sermon series. How many like a new sermon series? Holler at me if you do. Woo. Woo. We got a couple, couple woos. We're in a new sermon series called one another. Just series on honor. Today we're going to be talking about unity and honor in the body of Christ. This word, one another, this phrase, one another, comes from the Greek word alelon, which is this word that appears in the New Testament a hundred times. And 59 of those a hundred times, it's surrounding commands on how we ought to and not not to treat one another. Tell somebody that sounds important. Sounds important, right? A hundred times, I think we should pay attention to this word. I think we should listen. What does it have to say? What are these commands of, of what it is to one another, each other? It's not really a sentence, but it works, okay? Some of y'all like English majors are like, listen up, man. And there's four themes of unity, love, humility, edification. And today the title of the message is Don't Break Up the Body. Don't break up the body. Don't you do it, Antoine. All right. First Corinthians chapter three, 
Let's read and we'll talk about it for a minute. We'll read a couple verses. It says, and I, brethren, this is Paul speaking, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal flesh, as to babes in Christ, babies. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal in your flesh. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. These are newer believers. This is not like America. They didn't grow up with Caleb. Some of y'all love or hate Caleb. That's controversial in the church. They didn't grow up with Christian radio. What else is there? The fish? I don't know. They didn't grow up with an inherent Christian culture. They didn't grow up with Christian parents. No, they're in a, in a city that was known to be morally corrupt. A city full of Jews and Greeks and Romans, kind of a melting pot, all sorts of different backgrounds and religions and beliefs. In this city, you have the, the temple of Aphrodite and all the, I think it's something like hundreds of temple prostitutes there, right? In that city. You can almost think of this as like the Las Vegas, okay? Of ancient Mesopotamia, if you want. If you want, don't quote me on it though. And um, here they are, these, these, these new converts who have been Christians for probably less than three years. And they're, they're walking out this faith. And, and Paul says, when I came to you, I had to treat you like, like infants, And here today, I still need to treat you like infants. I still need to give you milk. Why? Because you're still, you're still wrestling. You're still walking this out. There's still jealousy among you. There's still envy among you. They're still striving and fighting and quarreling and this sort of internal division and fighting with one another. Y'all with me? Then in verse four, he says this, speaking of this condition, speaking of their behavior, he says, for when one says, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? What's happening? What's happening is here they are in their strife. Here they are in their fighting. Here they are in walking up their salvation, figuring out what this means, looking to the world for the ways that they ought to behave, not looking to the kingdom of God. And they're doing what the world so often does, which is to divide us into different camps. Is to, to revert to almost a sort of tribalism. Where I'm a part of this crew, and you're a part of this crew. I'm a part of this tribe, not a part of that one. I believe this, I don't believe that, like those people. And here they are, they're, they're fighting, there's division among the body. As one says, I'm a leader, I'm a follower of Apollos. Another says, well, sucks to be you. I'm a leader of Paul. I'm a follower of Paul. Follower of Paul. And they're dividing themselves into these different camps. And let's read Paul's response, verse 5. He says this, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted and Apollos watered, But God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. (laughs) Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Tell somebody, you are God's building. (laughs) It's just what the word says. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundations and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation, say no other foundation, can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Here he comes in the midst of their strife, in the midst of their quarreling, in the midst of their jealousy, in the midst of their envy, in the midst of this division, and in the midst of saying, I'm with Paul, or I'm with Apollos. And Paul says, listen, not only are you still acting like infants, not only are you still acting like the world, you're missing the point entirely. It's not about who, who planted the seed. It's not about who watered the seed. It's about whom is the being who can actually cause the miracle of life for that seed to sprout. Woo-hoo. I must be preaching good because that was a whole new level, Antoine. All right, man. Only one, only one of those per sermon, though, man. Only one of those per sermon. All right. Um, <laughs> he's like, you're missing the point. Jesus is the foundation of the church. It's not Paul. It's not Apollos. It's not Duncan. It's not Michael Koulianos. It's not, I don't know, enter your favorite preacher. It's not T.D. Jakes. It's not Stephen Furtick. I don't know. Bill Johnson. It's Jesus. Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church. And he's like, you're missing it. It's not about what divides us. It's about what brings us together. It's what binds us together. We all follow the one and only Jesus Christ. He carries on with this. Verse 12. He says, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. Woo. Sounds a bit scary. Each one will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Y'all hear that. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defies the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone amongst you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. It's like he's just resetting them. He's saying, listen, this earthly sort of wisdom, like I was reading this, I was digesting this this week, and I'm like, why does he begin to talk about earthly wisdom? 
Like, why does he begin to go there as he's reminding them we are all one flesh, we are all serve one master, be careful what you build. And he goes to this kind of tone, he switches and he begins to talk about living by earthly wisdom. And I want to propose to you that Paul begins to move into wisdom because the fruit of pride is division. And they were experiencing this earthly form of wisdom. They were looking to the culture. They were looking to the Corinthians, the people in their city in Corinth, on how to behave in the wisdom of this world. But the wisdom of this world does not align or make sense with the kingdom of heaven or the body of Christ. And so what's the issue? The issue is there's a pride issue here for the Corinthian believers. They're allowing pride to take in their hearts, to separate and divide themselves into camps and to say, I'm not like those Paul followers, I'm an Apollos follower. Or I'm not like those Apollos followers, I'm a Paul follower. And pride comes and begins to divide. And all of a sudden, the body, the the, the very Christians who are supposed to walk in love and unity with one another are dividing themselves into camp and saying, I'm not like that group of Christians. And we see it, we see it, don't we? All the time. We are part of the temple of Jesus. We are living stones, as First Peter 2 says. We are living stones of the temple of God. We're not the cornerstone. It's not our job to stand out and be the most pretty. That is Jesus. <laughs> we just get to be a part of it. And that should be enough. It's beautiful. Anyways, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. I believe that we can, we can find this nuanced place of being unashamedly who we are without casting judgment on those who are different than us. Even within the church. Right here, catch the fire, Raleigh. We love the presence of God. How many love the presence of God? We love, how many love authentic, pure worship? Like, that's what we're after. Week after week, we have this phrase, presence over plan. And we try to allow this to lead us. And there's times where we're confronted with this value of, are we going to let it linger? Or is it about our plans? It's like we can love the things that we love without needing to cast judgment and stones upon those who think different. Are y'all with me? Because it's pride. And we disqualify those who think differently than us because they're not as enlightened or smart or wise as us. <laughs> and this is what Paul is addressing here in 1 Corinthians 3. Don't, don't, guys, you're missing the point. It's not about breaking up. It's not about, it's not about how we're different. It's about who binds us together. It's not about saying, I'm not like that church down the road. I'm not like that group of Christians. But it's actually coming together and finding unity. Y'all believe that? (laughs) Stop the pride. Stop the worldly wisdom and ways of thinking. We all serve one Lord. When you look around this room, what do you see? When you look to your left, your right, to the front, to the back, what do you see? And I I feel like we kind of have this 
natural response, but we've used it and heard it so much growing up that it hasn't become cheap to us, that we are surrounded by the family of God. That actually to your right and your left and behind you and before you is your brothers and sisters. That's just what the Bible says. That when we come together, we all come into unity under the body of Christ. We all serve one Lord. We all partake of one body and one man's blood. When we partake of community, we surround that one singular table of the Lord together and partake of his body together. He is the thing that binds us. We share a common ancestry, everybody. We are related to one another. The church has an enemy. It's just not each other. All right, all right. The church has an enemy. It's just not each other. What does the Bible say? Who's our enemy? Satan, yes. It also says the unseen powers and principalities of darkness and the unseen realm. We have a common enemy. If there be anything that can bind us together as believers across the globe, let it be the fact that we are not at war with one another. We are at war with the enemy and what he longs to do on the earth. Not one another. And he is real. And John 10.10 says that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal our unity. To kill the power of a unified church. To destroy our witness to the world. Because we can't even figure out how to love people, yet we say God is love. Are y'all with me? Jesus. Jesus prayed for this. John 17. Verse 20. He said, I do not pray for these alone but also for those who will believe in me and through their word. Did y'all catch that? He was talking about us. I don't just pray for my disciples, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. Tell your neighbor, that's you. (laughs) That they may be one, verse 21, as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Lord, why have you given us your glory? That they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one. Lord, again, why have you done this? That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. This is just the scripture But the implication here that Jesus is saying is that the world will know that God exists by the way that we love one another. When's the last time somebody said God must be real because of the way the church loves one another? Oh, because of the way they surrounded that person, because of the way they covered that person, because of the way they chose not to speak ill of that person, because of the way they chose not to gossip about that person, because of the way they chose not to lie about that person, because of the way they chose not to be jealous of that person. They celebrated their their success, their achievement, even though it's the very thing they longed for. What does that look like? 
I don't know. Still figuring it out with you. One of the biggest schemes of the enemy is to divide us, to break up the body. We allow pride and jealousy to keep us from unity. And it's like, you can't even go to a church without hearing all the crazy things about it. You might have, this might be your first Sunday and somebody told you, don't go there, it's a cult. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that? Come on, you always heard that about a church at some point in your life. Or they don't preach the word of God, they're crazy, they're like hippies. Please, we love the word of God. Whatever it is, right? I believe that if the commission of the church is the great commission is to disciple nations, we need the church to stop making one another the enemy. But as long as we make having the most people and the most finance and the most influence, the goal will continue to compete and strive for dominance when we were never called to. And the church becoming something God never designed it to be will become the God the idol, rather than pursuing the saints that need to hear Jesus. We must lay it down. It's about the saints. It's about discipling nations. And again, I'm like, Lord, show us what this looks like. Show us what it looks like to be unified here in this house and here in our cities as well. Jesus, just make no mistake, we are the local church. Collective, I'm talking collective we. It's not the building, it's the people. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. We can't talk about unity and honoring one another without reading this beautiful passage. And whether it's the first or the 500th time you're... Thank you so much for joining us. There are so many opportunities to grow, connect, and be encouraged. To learn more, visit ctfraleigh.com and follow us on social media. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are so thankful for you.